Hold on, I think Klaus is eating my remote. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, do you want to ask the next the next question um, very slowly while Shannon is gone? <laughs> Let me see which one's good. <laughs> oh, I he did eat over. the remote. The remote <laughs> has been eaten. The remote survived. <laughs> barely. Still alive, but I'm barely breathing. Just brains with God that I don't believe in. Because I got time while she's got Scott free time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intro. Hank, <laughs> hank. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What's Your good? Your audio sounds way better than Kenzie's. Oh, well, that's good. I'm already better than Kenzie did. <laughs> Why is Kenzie not on this call right now? Oh my God. <laughs> Troy's frozen. Give him a second. <laughs> Hello. Are you back? Maybe. I don't know. But, period. Why is Kenzie not on this call right now? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Kenzie and Ian both need to be here. Oh my God. <laughs> Can't forget about Ian. <laughs> So what's what's new with everyone? Let's let's start with Hannah. Oh, this is Hannah. <laughs> Hello. Wait, everybody. yeah, we need to, we need like an annoying entrance. <laughs> Just the sound of crab claws clicking for Maryland. <laughs> Ahoy, mateys! Here we are in Maryland again with Maryland's only resident crab. <laughs> I am the only person who has ever lived in the state of Maryland. Yes. Anyways, back to Maryland's resident Jewish crab. This is <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> so on the Instagram post that you're on the Instagram post that you're not gonna have, you have to like Photoshop me as a crab <laughs> on like a menorah or something with Jess Green, obviously as well. Troy's frozen, but Troy can make that happen. I'm not that great I'll, at editing or i'll art. think about making that right before i don't post it <laughs> we actually really do need to get better about that we're just ourselves <laughs> so a jew a catholic and a pagan walk into a bar <laughs> which one's pagan which? now <laughs> i didn't know what else to call you <laughs> so what's new hannah what are you up to um, I had a choir concert last night. I know she's, she's singing again. Um, so my voice. How was your solo? It, oh, she, she nailed it. I did it. She nailed it. Heck I yeah. nailed it. I didn't forget any, oh, I, I had the music in front of me, so I oh. didn't forget any of the lyrics, but, um, I didn't mess up any of the lyrics. So that's good. I'm very proud of myself for that. <laughs> That's an A plus right there. But I Troy? opened the show, so it was really oh like, good. Was you set you set the standard. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> As you should. I wish Troy was in corral with us. I know. I'm fine. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Troy, what's new with you? God, um literally nothing i <laughs> i go to work at 5 45 in the morning and then i come home 
You sound like me, like you're in healthcare, <laughs> getting up that early. That should be illegal. <laughs> I wish it was illegal. Well, I decided to try out for the Sound of Music in a few months oh. at a local safety theater. And Mackenzie specifically said, if you're not the nun, I'm not going to go. Which nun? <laughs> Either like the it. old one that does the... <laughs> that, that one, or the sassy one that, like, rips out the, like, brakes of the Nazi's car. She's not more fun. I was going to say, I think you would crush that role. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can just be like... Ugh. That's how the nuns sound. Shannon knows. She went to Catholic school. I did. <laughs> and there were no nuns there. Did you ever get, like, your hand hit with a ruler if you, like, did something wrong? No. They were no? really chill. <laughs> Most of our teachers were, weren't even Catholic. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Something's yeah. a little fishy. <laughs> Sounds a little too progressive to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> My Chipotle was dropped off. BRB. And now for this commercial break. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> this episode of Murder Road Trip is it's brought to you by, by Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> the combination Ross Chipotle. <laughs> Come to your local Ross and get your Chipotle. <laughs> That's brown rice for less. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right, let's jump in. Troy. All right. All right. Welcome back, sweeties, murderers, and psychos of all ages to another exciting episode of Murder Road Trip. We are here with the murderess herself, Hannah. Um, and she has a very dark confession to make today, and she will be telling us all about it. The murderous crab. The Sebastian, but make him a murderer. Sebastian, that would... <laughs> I'm actually excited to listen for once and not have to like tell the story. Not that yeah, I don't mind. I'm like glad to to let you like take a load off. Exactly. It is a hard knock life. For us, how many musicals are we going to reference in this podcast? <laughs> we learn does not exist. about every <laughs> single one. <laughs> Each musical. Um, <laughs> alrighty. So today I'm going to tell the story of Sheila and Kate Lyon. Um, I'm going to include my resources that I used at the top um, in case anyone listening wants to go back and refer to them. You're um, so responsible. I am. <laughs> um, shout out to uh, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark from My Favorite Murder because I kind of structured my story, oh. how they structure theirs. So I'm a murderino. I love them. So if you like this podcast, you'll listen to their podcast too, because both are amazing. Anyway, so my resources for this are obviously the Wikipedia page entitled The Murders of Sheila and Kate Lyon, a Washington Post article 
called Justice for the Lion Sisters by Mark Bowden, which is what I used most heavily, a Ranker article entitled How Investigators Solved a Gruesome Mystery After Unearthing a 40-Year-Old Sketch, the Web Crawlers podcast, and the Disappearances podcast uh, starring Sarah Turney. And there's also an investigation discovery movie called Who Killed the Lion Sisters for anyone who wants other information, or if you're more of a movie person, visual visual learner, um, you can go watch the movie. So invested. Yeah. So this is a this is a pretty <laughs> high profile case then. Yeah. And I'll get into why I wanted to talk about this in a second. So this takes place in Kensington, Maryland on March 25th, 1975, um, when Sheila and Catherine, or Kate is how I will call her, that's how she's known, um, Sheila and Kate Lyon disappeared without a trace, and the case quickly became one of the largest investigations in the D.C. area um, ever. So this story is near and dear to me and my family because my dad and his family lived in the same neighborhood as this family at the Lions. So my dad was in the same class. This was around the same time, right? Yeah. So my dad was about 10 or 11 at this point. He was in the same class as Kate. Oh my God. Um, my oh my aunt, God. Yeah. And my aunt was in the same class as Sheila. So my aunt is two years older than my dad. And so was Sheila. Sheila was two years older than Kate. So the age difference was perfect. So my dad and Kate were in the same class. Sheila and my aunt were in the same class. And they lived in the same neighborhood. So like same cul-de-sac, same street, same everything. So Um, your dad knew them? Yeah. Like played with them like as kids, like probably on the same bus? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I'll, I'll talk. I'm I'll invested. Talk. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. You're hooked. <laughs> um, so when I talked to my dad about this case, he said that the incident of Sheila and Kate getting kidnapped was the first time that the families in the neighborhood really did not feel safe about having their kids out and about. Um, the community of the neighborhood was really tight-knit and any of the parents in the neighborhood Um, were more than okay with stepping in to parent the other kids. If the kids were out playing and one of the parents of anyone in the neighborhood saw them, they told the kids to go home if it was getting dark or whatever it might have been. Or if like they didn't feel, the the parents felt like it wasn't safe for them to be out, they'd have all the kids go home. Um, So they really it was a really tight-knit community especially in this area um it wasn't that big of a populated it wasn't that populated of an area um and um one thing to note in particular about the lyon family is that the father john lyon was a local like radio personality so he was like a local celebrity so really well known in the community at the time So as I mentioned before, this is in Kensington, Maryland, which is not super far from Washington, D.C. In 1975, Sheila is 12 and Kate is 10. And they walked about half a mile from their neighborhood to the Wheaton Plaza Mall around 11 a.m. to get lunch at a restaurant called the Orange Bowl. And the girls had an agreement with their mother to come home by 4 p.m., And when they hadn't returned by seven, the police were called and an extensive search was conducted. 
And the police put together a basic timeline for what the day looks like. So I'll kind of go through that so everyone knows like what the kind of hour by hour looks like. Yes, Shannon, with her hand raised. I don't want to cut cut you off because you like have a flow. So this was like during the day. Yeah, yeah. So this was in the middle of the day. Which yeah. is really weird to think about because normally kidnappings don't take place like in broad day daylight because who's going to kidnap a kid? like in broad daylight unless they know them yeah and I'll talk about the um the people the suspects as well um and kind of like the roundabout way that they got to finding out what happened so between 11 o'clock and noon the girls left their home at one o'clock, a neighborhood kid saw the girls outside of the Orange Bowl speaking to an unidentified man. At two o'clock, the girl's older brother sees them at the Orange Bowl eating pizza together. Between 2.30 and 3, another friend sees them walking west, which would have been back towards their home, going back home um, from their the mall back to their house. So saw them walking on the way back home. And this is the last confirmed sighting of the girls between 2.30 and 3 o'clock on March 25th, 1975. Um, 4 p.m. hits, the curfew passes. 7 o'clock, the police are called, an investigation starts. The police were told that at 1 o'clock, there was an unidentified man outside of the Orange Bowl, the pizza place. Um, he was about 6 feet tall, between 50 and 60 years old, wearing a brown suit. He was also, <laughs> yeah, it gets better. Sorry. It gets <laughs> Already better. we're like, no. We're no, like, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. He was reportedly carrying a briefcase with a tape recorder inside and asking kids, including the Lion sisters, to talk into the tape recorder. And whenever I talk about him again, he'll be referred to as the tape recorder man. So that's what police refer to him as. If you listen to the Sarah Turney um, disappearances podcast she refers to him as the tape recorder man so there's this random guy who's just asking kids at the mall to talk into a tape recorder or talking to a microphone that's hooked up to a tape recorder inside of a briefcase in the mall super weird super creepy right that's the biggest red flag <laughs> i have ever heard in my entire life no, also, you yeah. whenever you're I've 10 and 12 you think it's funny you know what i mean yeah no you like and you don't like understand that that's like wrong and gross that's like this sketchy is, yeah yeah and this was in 1975 where you could go and do whatever you want and like the just everything was so different um so because of this description they um came up with a composite sketch of the suspect of tape recorder man um and there were other um sightings of tape recorder man in neighboring malls in prince george's county um which is like another neighboring county in maryland so maryland goes by like the counties okay. so there's different counties and that's kind of how you identify with like where you're from if that makes sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there was another person brought to the police's attention who was described as a white male in his late teens or early twenties with acne and scars on his left cheek dressed not well in like a shabby kind of way. Um, and the sketch was not widely of the second man was not widely sent out. Um, 
So along with the investigation, they had several volunteer groups and I believe like the FBI mm -hmm. and um, the, um, oh, what are they called? CIA? Like the no, like the military people, the, Na oh. uh, the National Guard. Yeah. They had the National Guard come out and scour like forests and sewers and ponds ravines whatever because like the potomac river is right there because that's what leads into dc so yeah. they had everything and tried to get as much support as they could have from these external areas so nothing was found in these lots forests streams nothing nothing showed up so now we're into April of 1975, someone in Manassas, Virginia, which is about an hour away from Kensington, reported seeing children resembling Kate and Sheila being put into a beige 1968 Ford station wagon. They looked similar. They started to write down the license plate number. The um, driver of the beige car that had the girls in it Notice that the other driver started to write down the number and drove through the red light. Oh my God. Because that's so, not sketchy. Right. So the police, this person turned over the numbers that they could get to the police and nothing came of it. So we don't know if it was the girls or if it was just coincidence. So nothing really came of that lead. Well, I mean, he was definitely doing something. Yeah. You're not just going to run a red light for shits and giggles. Right. And like, it, we don't know who was driving the car. Like it was like, nothing came of that lead other than these girls were in the car that resembled Sheila and Kate. So as we so often hear in these cases, people call the police claiming to be the girls, asking for ransom money to get the girls back. Um, one person called John Lyon, the girl's father, and asked for $10,000 to be left outside of a courthouse bathroom in Annapolis, Maryland, which is, okay. again, <laughs> over an hour away from Kensington. Um, and after receiving guidance from the police, Lyon left $101 in a briefcase, which would have made the crime a felony, but the briefcase was never recovered. Um, the same person called John Lyon again and said that there were too many police officers in a courthouse for the briefcase to be taken and like retrieved. So he would go again and like do something else. But he said that he would need to hear Sheila and Kate's voices in order to continue with this ransom, whatever the situation was. Um, and the person <laughs> never contacted them ever again. So with all of that, the case goes cold. Mm. Nothing comes of this case. Mm. And nothing comes of this case for almost 40 years. I was just going to ask how long it was cold. Almost 40 years. So this is pretty fresh if you think about it. The like. So, yeah. So in 2013. Oh my God. That is 2000... closer than I thought. Yeah. Can't do math. 2013. Cold case detectives were going through in, in Montgomery County, they were going through these cases and they were looking through files and they saw a confession from someone from 1975. 
but they kind of scrapped it because it all had come back as a lie. It was on a lie detector. Everything had come back as being untrue information. So let me tell you a little bit about that. I was about to say, I'm like, was it really untrue? Was it? Well, was it not? (laughs) I'll tell you. There is a man by the name of Lloyd Lee Welch, and he reported in 1975, (laughs) he reported seeing the girls with an unnamed man at the mall a week before the disappearances happened. But it was determined to be a lie by the lie detector test that was administered because he failed most of his answers and everything that he said was untrue. So they also were considering another person in this case. Um, And this will come full circle a little bit. And this person's name is Raymond Rudolph Molesky Sr. Um, He lived in Suitland, Maryland, which was not far from the malls in Prince George's County, which was the other place where tape recorder man was initially then came to Montgomery County and had, that's where the tape recorder was happening the day that Kate and Sheila went missing. And this guy isn't so innocent. He, um, in a family disagreement, murdered his wife and teenage son and, My wounded, God. and yeah. And wounded another one of his sons. I only have 10 minutes. <laughs> no, we'll start November. a new one. It's, it's, it's okay. We do this okay. all, all, all the time. <laughs> And um, so he murdered, in a family disagreement, he murdered his wife and teenage son and wounded another one of their sons in their home in November of 1975. He was convicted of the homicides and was sentenced to 40 years in prison. And he eventually said, like, oh, yeah, I know something about the Lion Sisters' disappearances. And if you give me better you know, oh my prison. God. Yeah. He was like, if you give me better prison circumstances, I will confess some things. Well, he never did. Yeah. Cause he didn't fucking didn't know jack shit. <laughs> and he, <laughs> I'm getting worked he, up. <laughs> whatever he did know, he took to the grave because he died in 2004. I wonder if we can contact his spirit. I'm not saying we should. Ouija board. No, no, no. (laughs) I think we know what we're doing for our Halloween episode now. (laughs) Ray Malesky, where are you at? Where are you at? Um, Okay, so going back, Lloyd Lee Welch, he was the guy whose statement was um, kind of nullified by the police. The police were like, this guy, what he said was BS. It's not true. Everything, we're just going to discount it. So the cold case detectives were going back through the files and really like closely analyzing everything that they possibly had. And they noticed that the mugshot of Welch from 1975 matched the sketch that the police made of the second guy, the one who had the the scars, the young guy in his, in the teens and twenties with the acne scars and who was not dressed well. 
So I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Lloyd Lee Welch because his entire family background is absolutely disgusting. And like, I don't want to spend the time talking about him because this is not a story about him. This is a story about Sheila and Kate Lyon. I'm guessing it's a lot of neglect, a lot of abuse, and he's just gross, right? It's a lot of abuse. It's a lot of neglect. It's a lot of incestuous family situations. And like, it's just disgusting. So if you do want to know more about it, the Mark Bowden article from the Washington Post, he goes into it really in depth and actually has like quotes from Lloyd Lee Welch in the article about his family. So if you want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, you can do that, but I'm not going to do that here. Um, So detectives first met with Welch on October 16th, 2013, and during the interview, he revealed several truths about the crime that had not been revealed to the public. So this is things that only the person who committed the crime would have known. Um, They also talked to his cousin, who Welch implicated during that initial interview in December of 2013. Um, And... The cousin, his name is Henry Parker, stated that he met Lloyd Lee Welch at a family property in Thaxton, Virginia, and that Parker helped Lloyd Lee Welch remove two Army-style duffel bags from Welch's car. Each weighed about 60 to 70 pounds and, quote, smelled like death. And Parker also said that the bags were covered in red stains. And that didn't alarm him? I'm not saying they did or that they didn't. (laughs) We they love speculating have, here, so <laughs> they all seem to have some some things. They're all just me. messed up. The whole, okay, okay, I I got it, I got it, I got it. Um. So after this information from the cousin from Parker, um, Lloyd Lee Welch was named a person of interest in the Lion Sister case. At the time of the murder and kidnapping in 1975. Welch was 18 years old and had already been convicted of rape in three other states. Whoa. And he, from other people reporting, he had been, quote, seen paying attention to the Lion Sisters previously. Ew. I hate that. So with the further questioning from the detectives, Welch pointed fingers at so many other of his family members in all the line of of questioning and all of the interrogations they said he said no it was my cousin henry it was my his uncle which he refers to a lot his uncle dick his uncle dickie he always refers to him and says that it was the two of them doing the murder and the kidnapping and he says that it also was his parents that his parents were actively involved in what was going on and I don't know. What do you guys think happened? I, so when, when the girls were kidnapped, when did they, did they ever find their bodies? I'll get there. Okay. We're not there yet. I, I think this man's trash. So in the summer of 2014, the detectives who worked the case investigated the entire Welch family. So everybody that this guy pointed the fingers at, they investigated everybody. And they were located in Hyattsville, Maryland, and other people were in Thaxton, Virginia. So kind of all over the place. They searched the woods. They searched the homes. They went into basements. They went into crawl spaces, everything, everywhere. And there was evidence found in the home in Hyattsville, but it was too degraded to collect for DNA evidence. 
but there was another room in Hyattsville with a significant amount of blood that literally they said it lit up like a Christmas tree. Like that oh looked God. like Oh, when they did the black light. Yeah. When they did the luminol testing, they said that it looked like someone had been easily someone had been murdered there because the blood was Dude. just everywhere. And this was f- almost 40 years after the fact and the blood was still there. Like it had just happened. That's it. So... I mean, blood lasts for a long, like it, once yeah. it stains and is saturated into something, it doesn't matter if you clean, clean it up. It's still yeah. going to be, 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 be there. Yeah. So his lies, Lloyd, Lloyd Lee Welch's lies and attempts to deceive the police and detectives finally came to an end. So in July 2015, Welch was indicted on first degree murder felony charges for his involvement in the deaths of Sheila and Kate Lyon. In September of 2017, he pled guilty to two counts of first degree murder for the abduction and killing of Sheila and Kate Lyon. And he received two 48-year sentences for these counts to be served concurrently. He was 60 years old at the time of the conviction. And I hope I don't start crying. Unfortunately, the remains of Sheila and Kate Lyon have never been recovered. So the girl's oh body, God. the girl's bodies are somewhere. In the disappearances podcast that um, Sarah Turney does, she said that um, people who live in, I believe it was Thaxton, um, Virginia, said that they remember like a huge fire at that property that burned and burned and burned for days and that it smelled like burning flesh and that it's in my opinion it's probably more than likely that the girls burned in that fire that the family or that would make sense whoever said yeah so So, he never said he never said where they were or what happened at least or was he just like every time that he was asked it was always another person another location another basement he said it was in ray molesky who was the other guy that they thought who they think was tape recorder man they thought that it was he would that the girl was the girls were in ray molesky's house like it, uh sarah turney goes into it a lot in her podcast so if anyone wants to listen to that, she goes into it a lot more in depth than I wanted to. Again, I didn't want to focus on him. I yeah. really wanted to focus on the girls because this was like a family really close to my dad and like people who were really influential to my dad and my family and his growing up. And that's what I wanted to focus on. Yeah. So that's the story of Sheila and Kate Lyon who were abducted and murdered about 10, 20 minutes from where I grew up and down the street from my dad. Yeah, so they never found the girls and um, Lloyd Lee Welch is in prison for the rest of his life, for the most part. And he was in prison. I don't think I mentioned this. He was in prison when investigators started their initial investigation back up in 2013 he was in prison in delaware for another i think 
have it in my notes somewhere, but I think it was a rape of a young girl. Dude, um, like chill out. Like just like yeah. stop. <laughs> also, can like we keep better track of these people? Yeah, I mean, the system is so different now. And like if you think about it too, like had the um mugshot of the second man that did resemble Welch get shared more like the one of tape recorder man it may have been solved it may have been solved so much sooner and again this probably and this was picked up because there was a cold case detective who just kept looking at this case over and over and over and over and over again and he just could not get this case off of his mind and he just needed some sort of closure and that's when he started investigating again I mean, that's it takes one person like, yeah, 40 years, though. Yeah, it took 40, it like... took 38 years. It took 38 years for it to get initiated. I don't he didn't get um, sentenced until 2017. So that was 42 years since the murders. But like I like what like my dad said, this completely changed the entire culture of of their neighborhood and oh yeah you know back no no you're, you're you're good back then like people wouldn't lock their doors you know, know what I mean like it was very common to just leave your door open your kids would go ride their bikes wherever you know come back when the street lights are out type deal and like that happens and I bet the kids were probably some of them probably didn't understand it. You know, know, know what I mean? Because kids are going to be kids. And they're like, oh. But the parents, I bet, were like horrified. Well, and the mall was not even half a mile from their house. And my dad said that there was like a path. There was like a cut through that you could take through the neighborhood to get there. So you didn't have to walk on a major road. And it was like just the kids in the neighborhood use that path so like when the girls were walking back home that might have been the path that they were using to get back and again like I said the fact that Welch had been like fixated on the girls before that there might have been some stalking like I don't want to implicate something but you know just with the you can have theories like that's a really great theory that he was watching them especially if they went to the mall a different day and yeah. he saw them and he saw them take this path and he's like, oh, well, no one's going to see. See, because that actually makes more sense t- t- to me now that that, that, that you say that, because now it's like it's still in the middle of the day, but it's not in public. Right. Type deal. And now it's time for an unnamed segment with Troy. And Troy's going to surprise us with a game. <laughs> this unnamed game segment with Troy. <laughs> Is it a one-man show of Sweeney Todd? <laughs> <laughs> Where Troy has to sing all the parts and yeah. all the harmonies. Unnamed game segment with Troy. You won't tell me the game, so I can't give you a proper intro. I can't. All right. Welcome back to Unnamed Game Segment with Troy. <laughs> so we will be playing oh. Spooky Would You Rather. <laughs> Wait. 
cute. I have never been more excited for a game my entire life. <laughs> this in this moment, the three of us have peaked. For sure. I, yeah, I think so too. I'm... The way my year's going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get it started. If you were guaranteed not to get hurt, would you rather be stuck in a pit of snakes or spiders? <laughs> I hate this game. <laughs> All right, back to the crab facts. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to the snake pit. I feel like I would say snakes because, hear me out, I, I don't like either Snakes, there's probably going to be fewer of. And spiders are probably going to move faster and there's going to be more of them moving faster. So I feel like snakes are going to move slower. And if they move like around my body, it's not going to be as like fast and like all encompassing. I know it's kind of gross. Sorry. For people did who we, like, yeah. Did we specify what kind of snake? Boa constrictors. No, Jesus. Just... <laughs> We're going to go all out. Anacondas. <laughs> 500 anacondas. I think I agree with Hannah, especially because I automatically thought of Indiana Jones for some reason. Yeah. In the snake pit and how he kind of like could climb on the wall and the snakes couldn't really get him because he was like kind of like trying to climb on the wall but spiders can climb walls that's also true i didn't Not, think it's that yeah so i'd also go with the snakes even though i think i'd rather be dead i was gonna say i was just myself and not have to make the decision because i physically cannot handle either of those options I mean, yeah, I like am not super fond of either but if i have to pick one i would pick snakes Snakes, you can definitely. I think snakes, you could pretend to be more calm with. Yes. Because they're just like. It's like in Harry Potter, whenever they like go in that little like, what's it called? I love that she and for those <laughs> of us um, that are not on the Zoom, um, Shannon is making a crab-like motion with her hands, so it all comes full circle. The devil snare, the, the devil snare. How like they mm -hmm. have to like chill out. To, oh like... yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we can think of it like that. Everything always turns back to Harry Potter. Continue. Force me, Todd. Force me, Todd. <laughs> no, literally. All right, number two is an easy one. Would you rather be haunted by a ghost or be a ghost? Be a ghost. Be a ghost next. Be a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather? <laughs> Oh no. Would you rather be chased by Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, <laughs> Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, or Ghostface? I would have to, if I had to choose, I would say Michael Myers because he doesn't really run. Right. Me but somehow he always catches up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Hannah and I are like, oh damn. <laughs> but like, I feel like the other ones can run. Yeah. But, like, he kind of just, like, swiftly walks, like, a power walker with his little knife. So I feel like I'd have a better chance of getting away from him. Still not great, but, like, better. He's also very, like, sharp with his movements. So it's, like, I'm either walking, he walks, like, straight and then, like, 
is a 90 degree turn. There's no nice little, yeah, he's like, there's no curves. <laughs> so if you just ran in a circle, he'd be screwed. You have to go in a square. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would agree. I would say Michael Myers. Are you I would be ghost face all the way. Ghost? I'm a huge, the- so... So I, like I know that we love Scream here, but you'd be screwed. <laughs> like it's like faces are like for so, like in horror movies, the thing that always scares me the most is like faces. Michael Myers's face, like I like I don't know what it is. I just can't. Freddy, ugh, Jason, like Ghostface, at least looks like a meme and a cartoon. <laughs> So I can be like, oh, you're trying to scale me, little ghosty face. Literally little ghosty. like in Scream. Ghosty, ghosty. Like no, in literally, Scream. Yeah. How they're like, yeah. oh, Mr. Ghost Face. Like, ghost so I would, ghosty. yeah, I would I would choose Ghost Face just because I think it would be easier for me to dissociate in that situation. <laughs> Another easy one. Would you rather be a werewolf or a vampire? That's actually really hard. Um, How is that easy? What? I don't know. Wait, what? Okay. Are we? Are you team about... Edward or not? Stop. No. Are we Do we have about... to turn this call off right Troy? now? Do we have to turn this call <laughs> Troy, off? I will fight you right here through this camera. Are we talking about the vampire diaries vampires? Or are we talking about uh... Twilight vampires? They're very different. They're also very different wolves. And you I can also say... make hybrids. So I don't know if that's actually, if I can say, say that. Werewolf or vampire? <laughs> but... <laughs> Mr. Helpful. If we're talking there. about Twilight, I'd rather I be would a werewolf. Say... If we're talking about okay. the vampire diaries, I'd rather be a vampire. Okay. Um, can I be indifferent? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I I think that like both are how ha- I don't know. I don't want to be I don't want to drink people's blood. I'm not into that. That's, That's fair. Funny. Yeah, I'm gonna change my I'm gonna change my um indifference to a werewolf. <laughs> From team indifference to team werewolf. I was always team Jacob, so it's okay. True to form. <laughs> Troy, what about you? Did you say what did you you say? I think I'd rather be a vampire. They are fun. <laughs> because at least I can like stay myself and my face just has to contort a little bit. And you would glow out like glitter in the sun. <laughs> Is that what glitter sounds like? Shine bright like yeah, a if diamond. You, if you listen close <laughs> enough, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Hold on. I have to let Klaus in because he's crying outside and I hope he's not like hurting. Um, Ask him if he would rather be a werewolf or a vampire. <laughs> I am very curious about his answer God, i don't know man that's my chipotle you whore <laughs> <laughs> oh close. Klaus, get out of the crash <laughs> <laughs> klaus everyone <laughs> klaus is here klaus is actually named after a character on the vampire diaries i just didn't tell anyone that whenever uh we named him no, I do not do dolls. Dolls and clowns, that's where I draw my line. Clowns and dolls. There, there was a doll in my room in back home that my mom gave me when I was small. 
And when I was like 13, I made her take it back because it wigged me out. I was like, you cannot have this in my face. Mm-hmm. I was like, please take it back. So my answer is neither. Not even indifferent. My answer is just no. No. Honestly, same. <laughs> Doll, like the faces and dolls. Like, I just can't. What I secrets think, are they writing? We don't want to know. I'd rather have Chucky because um, he's not like spiritual in the way that Annabelle is, where she can like throw mm. things and like push you up against a wall. He's more of like just kind of running around with a knife. And I feel like I could like drop kick him, which as like... <laughs> he is pretty tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas a- Annabelle, like, you don't know where she's c- coming from. She, she is, is just a just... rag doll. She is. <laughs> yeah they they made her way scarier in the m- movies she's actually a raggedy and doll yeah which could be slightly more terrifying <laughs> if you think about it <laughs> and of course because every episode has to ma- mention zach bagans from ghost adventures <laughs> that he has <laughs> no because shannon and i for like anytime i was ever at shannon's house we would always watch hours and hours of ghost adventures <laughs> And he has the actual Annabelle doll in his like haunted museum or whatever in Vegas. And yeah, he specifically he has, like, was told not to touch it. The guy was like, it. "Don't touch it." And he's like, "Okay." Poke. Yeah. Sounds about right. Holds it in his hand. <laughs> Moving on. Would you rather be attacked by crows or bats? I think um, everyone knows the answer to this <laughs> for Hannah. Because everyone knows that Hannah's <laughs> most irrational fear in the entire world is birds. If you've listened to our podcast before, you know that Hannah That's hates who we birds. were talking about. <laughs> you know that the birds and the frankincense is Anne and Hannah only. <laughs> so, Man, why does it say, smell like weed? <laughs> I literally. I was laughing I had to like at a stop sign I had to like put on my hazards for a second because the light went and I was laughing so hard that I could not drive my car because I was that's a true story too I'm not exaggerating that is what happened and then Hannah asked what the Latin words were on top of like on the ceiling and my mom whipped out her phone and got on Google in the middle of mass yes she Yes, she did. Yes, it's entirely true. I did think that there was the devil's lettuce inside of the frankincense um, for church <laughs> because it did smell um, quite fragrant. <laughs> it was quite. It was. It was quite fragrant. It was quite potent. <laughs> not that I've. Not that that's. I've not ever partook. Partaken. Partooken. Partooketh. I was just. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like piss. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my piss god. We think. Did you hear about that? How Troy thought the lyrics was a piss we think, not piss with ink. Oh my god. Sister. For the longest, literally for my entire life. Wow, what are you doing? Oh wait, wait there's more. Next question. Because yes. <laughs> this episode isn't long enough. Fun. Which famous witch would you rather have pissed off? Oh. Maleficent? Or the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> I'm going to say the Wicked Witch of the West because 
she revealed herself as a weak ass bitch as soon as that house showed up. Like she, you know what I mean? She has absolutely, she has, (laughs) (laughs) she's just, she has no resiliency. She could be snapped in half like a toothpick. That's very true. And on top of that, you can add the whole water aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Like just like get a spray bottle and you're good. I'd have to agree with Troy because Maleficent can turn into a dragon. So I don't want any part of that. Yeah, I <laughs> I would also say the Wicked Witch of the West, um, because she seems a lot easier defeat to defeat. Maleficent also has a crow. Um, so I'm <laughs> going to avoid that at all. <laughs> no birds for him. None of them. Thank you. See previous question. Hannah hates birds. (laughs) In case anyone has not gotten the memo, if anyone sends me a messenger pigeon, (laughs) I will kill it. (laughs) It will not not, return your message. (laughs) I will send you an email. (laughs) All right. Last but not least, the average lifespan of a crab is three to four years. How spooky about crap. <laughs> is that the is that a question or is that just a statement? That was Are baby crab crabs crab. called anything? Like do they have a special name? Or are they just like baby crabs? I don't know. I can ask Google. Um a baby crab is called a true crab or a Zoea crab. Z-O-E-A. That's stupid. I know it's not like a joey, like a kangaroo. This was one of our more chaotic episodes, and I'm thankful for it. So I brought the chaos. You sure did. (laughs) And I loved it. Well, thank you, Hannah, for joining us and telling us that story. Of course. And for for having some fun games at the end. Thank you, Troy, for that lovely brain break. Anytime. I'm here to please. (laughs) Send Shannon your spooky stories. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I'm begging you. For the love of all that is good and holy. Send Shannon the stories. For the frankincense. (laughs) Oh, wait. We have that other one. I was supposed to read it tonight. (laughs) Oh, Hannah. Yeah. Did you want to tell yours? Oh, sure. I can. Are we going to cut this out and then do it again? We literally have seven minutes. (laughs) Ah! No, it's okay. We can wait. We can wait. Or I can... Yeah, my story doesn't take that long. Do you want me to keep talking? (laughs) That's fine. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So I did send a spooky story to the pod as well. Um, And you guys should too. (laughs) Yeah, everyone else should send a spooky story to the pod. (laughs) Um, It's not really that spooky, um, but it's just like a ghosty kind of phenomena that happened to me. Um, I was a freshman in high school and my great aunt passed away. Her name was Hinda. Um, Her actual birth name was also Hannah, but she changed her name because she didn't like the name Hannah Uh. until I was born. And then she liked the name Hannah. (laughs) Um, So she changed it to Hinda and um, her and I were super close. And after she passed away, um, I was um, really upset, obviously, and like super distraught. And like the night that she um, passed away, I 
was sleeping and I woke up in the middle of the night and my door, I always close my door because I'm a crazy person and I <laughs> need my doors closed when <laughs> yeah, I sleep. Me too. I just need it. So my door was closed to my room and my door opened and I felt this like pressure and this weight on top of my chest. And it like, like I felt something like hovering over me for like a solid like 30 seconds or so. And it just, it didn't feel like malicious, but it almost felt like it was like, I don't say like a hug because that sounds like cliche, but it was like this pressure and this weight that was on my chest. And it was there for about 30 to 45 seconds. It lifted and went away. And then my door closed and I did not move. I never moved once. And I'm convinced it was my aunt just saying goodbye. Um, but uh, that's like I mean, one of yeah, the probably. times that I've like really experienced something like very spooky. It's unexplainable. Like there's no way you can explain that logically. Yeah. yeah. People can no. try, but the, no. like, and the timing is too. Yeah. And like I said, I always like latch my doors. I never prop them open or even leave them cracked or anything. They're always closed. So there was no reason for the door to open on its own and then close on its own. And my doors don't at my house, they don't swing. So when it's open, it's open. When it's closed, it's closed. There was just so much of a draft that night. Yeah, yeah Twice. there was a there was so a much wind. There was a tornado that blew through the the Kaufman household. It was the wicked witch dust. <laughs> that was exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. So yeah, that's my spoopy Halloween story. So Any, spoopy. I liked I liked it though. I thought it was I I, I like those type of stories though. That's like because it's, it's like positive. No, it's, that they're yeah, like, it's uplifting. You're saying yeah. like I'm I'm okay. Like yeah, things are gonna be okay, bestie. Period. <laughs> Period, bestie. <laughs> well, thank you, Hannah, for joining us and sharing your spooky and scary motos. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Of course. Of we course. had a lot of fun. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That wraps up our stay in Maryland, home of the crabs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and only the crabs. And only the crabs. It's filled to the brim with crabs. <laughs> um, oh, my God. <laughs> we will be cont- <laughs> we will be <laughs> We will be continuing our road trip next week. Make sure you follow us on instagram at murder road trip pod send shannon your spooky murdery stories to murder rt at gmail.com i almost forgot it again um (laughs) (laughs) and you could be featured on the pod yeah that's fun rate and review I sound like so sassy right now. Rate and review the podcast on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will see you next week. (laughs) Bye.